So I had to have a company, fly my eggs from New York to Houston. I had to get the time off from my job in the Middle East to come home to Houston. Um, and from beginning to end, oh, back up along the way, I'd also picked a, a sperm donor. And as this is happening, I'm thinking, this is somebody else's life, or is this like a, a movie? everyone. I'm Maria Sansone, and this is Mom to Mom, the podcast. Thank you all so much for joining me today. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. This was one of those conversations that, ooh, gave me chills so many times. So remember when, I just remember being young, and my mom actually had my brother when she was 36. And back then, that was considered really old. That was a geriatric, if you will, pregnancy. And then I remember 40 being kind of a big deal to become a first-time mom. And now you're seeing women in their 50s like Naomi Campbell and Janet Jackson and Hoda Kotb, just to name a few, who are moms over 50. And it's not just celebrities taking the leap, you guys. My guest today, Rochelle Carey, just became a proud member of that mom club. Rochelle is a TV news anchor who spent nearly two decades making a name for herself on networks like CNN and Al Jazeera America. And three years ago, everything changed when she took a very bold leap to leave her job moved back home with her parents, and she began her solo adoption journey. And it's an incredible story. Like I said, it left me with chills so many times, and I hope you'll enjoy it. It's inspiring and very moving. Here is my conversation with Rochelle Carey. Rochelle, welcome. Welcome to the Mom Cave. It's so good to meet you. It's a pleasure to meet you as well. Thanks for having me. Well, you have such an amazing resume and girl, you have lived. We're going to get into all of that, but first things first, congratulations. Yes. You are a new mom. So here, we don't want to bury the lead as two people <laughs> in news. Tell us about your son and how old he is now and how it's been for you. And thank you very much. He turned one just last week. So we had a party in COVID terms, which was yes. just me, my mom, my dad, and a couple of relatives. Um, but the big thing is we let him grab the cake and smash the cake and all the cake smash. So um, so that was really, really fun. Actually, just last night, he spent the night, um, well, part of the night with my grandparents and he had a, with his grandparents rather, and he had a, a dance party. So there's video coming to Instagram soon of Avery dancing. Never heard a beat he couldn't bop to. <laughs> uh, so it's been fantastic. It's been a whirlwind of a year and um, I wouldn't trade it for the world. One is quite a milestone. It's, yeah. it's pretty incredible. Whenever a, a child turns one, I look to the parents and I say, congratulations. <laughs> and good luck is what I keep hearing from people when I tell them he's almost walking. They're like, good luck to you. <laughs> oh yeah. Cause that changes, that changes yeah. the dynamic too. Um, yes. So we're going to talk about all of that. We're going to talk about your road to motherhood and, and everything like that. But I also want to just let people know a little bit about you as a person, because like I said, you have lived, you have had an incredible career and I mean, not had having, um, <laughs> well, we'll so see. Us, yes. Tell us all about it. Currently now on what I guess I would call a mommy sabbatical. I am a journalist. I'm only occasionally um, freelancing. So you may see me from time to time filling in um, on Al Jazeera English. 
Um, I've worked there. I've worked at Headline News. I've worked at it when it was CNN Headline News and it was Headline News and it was HLN. <laughs> and then I worked my way up uh, through local news. So I've been at this, ooh, so I'll say it out loud, about 20 years. Um, yeah. I've been in your spot before and now I'm on the other end and it feels kind of weird, but kind of cool. Yes. Oh my gosh. We could do an entire episode, but we might bore people who aren't, you know, in the business, but we could exchange war stories. I'm sure. Um, especially how, how the business changes once you have a baby and television and it's a whole different, it's a whole different thing. But I think most interesting is your path to motherhood. And it's something you worked really, really, really hard for. And it took a lot of different turns. And um, so I want to hear a little bit about that story. One thing I'm sure, you know, obviously being in the business, as we call it, you have to move a lot, you know, so you go to this job, to this city, to that city. And, you know, all along the way, I, you know, kept thinking at some point I'll get someplace where I will live for a while and I'll meet somebody and we'll get married and I'll have kids. And it was just always in the back of my mind. It wasn't a driving force. And I remember even specifically when I got to CNN in Atlanta, I think I was 38 or 39. And I was like, yeah, this is where it's going to happen. And my dating life would actually be a separate story. We're not going to do that. (laughs) But, (laughs) But time kept moving on. Career was going well. And I wasn't any closer to having a partner or having a kid. And along the way, a friend of mine, um, who I used to, um, we used to work together at a station in Las Vegas. At this point, she had left and she was doing PR for a fertility clinic. And I remember one time in uh, our 30s, we were having a conversation and she said, you know, maybe you could consider freezing your eggs. And I was like, hmm. it just didn't seem necessary. I just right. thought I'm only in my 30s. I'll, you know, whatever happens, happens. Not to mention it, it's very, very expensive. Very this is a while ago. Exactly. Very and and now, you can actually find, if you're lucky, there are some companies who have really great perks and one of the, some insurances will now pay for that type of thing. It's not common, but it happens. But back then, it Coley would have been out of pocket. So I dismissed it. So fast forward to, I'm in my forties. At this point, I'm living in New York. I am working for Al Jazeera English at this point. No, Al Jazeera America English at this point. And I was 43 and I was like, yeah, I need to do something. This isn't happening yet. So I did freeze my eggs at 43. I was in a position financially to be able to do it. And at that point, I'm sure you're asking, you're already 43. Where are you freezing for? You're just like, why are you continuing to buy time? And I was continuing to buy time because I really didn't want to be a parent alone. So I thought I'll just, you know, by freezing my eggs, you give me a little bit more time. Well, I did freeze my eggs, but freezing your eggs at 43, you don't have a lot of eggs. That's just the reality of it. So I got a few, but what it meant is, is when it was time for me to do IVF, I would probably only have one shot at it because I didn't have enough eggs to do it multiple times. And that's another expensive process. So I'm glad you, glad you brought me back to that. Yes. All of this, my entire journey has all been out of pocket. I know that's a privilege. That is a privilege that I'm able to do that for a lot of women that um, would like to do what I've done. It's not that easy. And that's a little frustrating and really sad because I know I'm coming, even though it has been an emotional journey, I'm still coming from a a place of privilege. And I know that. So this point, I froze my eggs at 43, fast forward to 46. So I was like, yeah, and it wasn't like some big epiphany. It just was like, I'm getting older 
what exactly am I waiting for? And I am financially able to do this on my own, even if I don't really want to do it on my own. So I started, my frozen eggs were in New York. At this point, I was living in the Middle East, but the doctor I was going to use was in Houston because he was a doctor that my dad worked with. Got it? Got it. I should this have told is a lot that. of, this is a lot yeah. of connect the dots. I should have had you make a graphic to show all the three places I just described, but maybe in I post. Hope, I hope that, that people are following me as I'm explaining this because this all matters. Okay. Oh, and along the way, I'd actually gone to a doctor in London too, but forgot about that. Okay. So I had to have a company fly my eggs from New York to Houston. I had to get the time off from my job in the Middle East to come home to Houston. Um, and from beginning to end, oh, back up along the way, I'd also picked a, a sperm donor. It's literally going to a website and picking based on like a sperm bank. Wow. I know. It was, and as this is happening, I'm thinking this is somebody else's life or is this like a, a movie? Yeah. But it really is that way. So I um, so I picked a sperm donor from a sperm bank and um, did IVF. And again, like I said, I was only able to do one cycle. and I. I know that IVF can be a very emotional um, process, and I know some women go through it multiple times. I can say I was disappointed, but I wasn't devastated because I already knew going in, you know, the age of my eggs, et cetera, et cetera, and that it was a long shot. So it was, I was upset, but, but not devastated. And then I had already had in the back of my mind, adoption was something I was considering. So when IVF didn't work, I started the adoption process, um, which that's a lot, uh, Maria. There is, you know, I always say they're giving you a human being. So of course there's going to be a lot of paperwork. There was a ton of paperwork, investigations, um, but obviously for, for all of the reasons that make sense, but it was a journey. Um, and then you hope that a birth mother picks you and a birth mother doesn't always pick you. So um, beginning to end three year, yeah, about a three-year process. Um, and how does it work? Do you get the call? Yes, mine was a little different. Um, usually different agencies do it different ways, but generally speaking, you have to put together an adoption book. You know, there's a book with my family story and pictures, and then they give it to a birth mother and the birth mother may or may not pick you. Usually what'll happen is when you get matched, as they call it, um, the birth mother is still pregnant. So you have a few months to prepare. That's not what happened with me. Um, I remember this like it was yesterday. It was a Saturday. I had just finished. At this point, I had moved home to Houston. I had decided it was time for me to be home. It might be easier to get matched with the birth mother. So at this point, I had moved home to Houston. I was a Saturday. I was walking out of the gym, got a phone call. It was at my agency. And she said, we have a birth mother and the baby has already been born. He's a few weeks old. We want to show her your book, but we only want to show it to her if you are in a position, if you're okay with taking a baby right away. And at this point, I had nothing, not a diaper, not a bottle, not a nothing. Okay. And I was like, okay. So they showed her the book, called me back within a couple of hours. I was sitting in the chair at Dry Bar getting my hair done. And she said, well, she really likes you. And they were in Dallas and they said, can you, how soon can you get here to meet her and the baby? So the next day we went to Dallas and met her, met the baby. The next day I told the agency, yes, 
he's my baby. And I had him by Wednesday. <laughs> oh my God, chills. I had him by Wednesday. So yeah, and, and that's not the norm, but it was perfect. It was perfect. And perfect. what goes through your mind from that moment you're at the gym to those few hours? I mean, it's like the biggest audition of your yeah. life that she's looking yeah. at your book. Yep. And that's you exactly want to be chosen. And yep. wow. <laughs> at that it, point, you have to be like, it's in God's hands, right? It is. And I felt, I felt like, I felt like it was going to work out, but I had, there was one other time that I had submitted my um, adoption profile and the birth couple, it was a couple didn't pick me. So I had already known that it wasn't a given, but I just thought, this is crazy. Surely this is going to work out. Um, and, and it did. So, um, I, I had, it, it happened so fast, you know, like I said, usually you have a few months It happened so fast, Maria, that literally the first week or so I had like a dream that I forgot I had a kid. <laughs> I had a dream that I parked a car, went up in an elevator while I'm on the elevator. I start panicking like, oh my God, I forgot my baby. So it took a while to see <laughs> that I had a baby. I could see that because, wow. So tell us about the moment that you met your son. I mean, was it love at first sight? What is that experience like? I want to be protective of the birth mother's experience too. So I don't um, want to, I'm not going to go into too much details. I'm sure you can get, cause it was, it's her moment too, but it, no, I'm, I'm disingenuous. If I said I was just overwhelmed and I'm in love with it, it cause it happened so fast that it yeah. still felt like it was an out of body thing, but there's a picture. I say that, but there's a picture that my mom has of me when I'm literally holding him like this. Like, so apparently I was actually caught up in the moment and I just didn't realize how much I was, but I'm holding him. Like he's just the most perfect thing because he was. Yeah. So that you bring up an interesting point. There's another mother on the other side of this and yeah. there's that whole emotional yeah. piece. And I think that's one, a lot of, there's a lot of misconceptions about adoption and the agency that I work with actually makes you go through a two day seminar. And one of the things that you learn in this seminar is a lot of the, the misconceptions that people have about mothers who place their children up for adoption. They love their children just as much as anybody else. And I've learned a lot about that. And I do feel like um, that's part of what I hope to become part of my platform is I really want to educate people more about, um, about what adoption is on both sides. So why did you decide to go public with the entire journey? And I think this is one of the first places you're really getting into it. So I appreciate this today. And I think a lot of people are going to benefit from it. And you just said it. Um, because I hope people benefit from it. That's exactly why I decided to put all my business out there. Um, and the response has really validated that it was a good idea. There are a lot of women who um, are single and are getting older and think about adopting. Um, I didn't invent adoption. I'm not the first single woman to adopt. And it's actually probably becoming more common than people think. But if I can still add my voice to that conversation to normalize it as much as possible to let women know that they're not alone and to give them that nudge to do it, then 
I'll talk about it till the cows come home. <laughs> yes, you will. And that's the platform you have been given. And, you know, this is what you've done your whole life. You know, you broadcast and now you just have a little bit of a different message. And one of those things is, you know, you are now the mom of a black son. And yeah. that's something that comes with a lot of responsibility and um, just comes with a lot. So talk to yeah. that a little bit. You know, I, 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 you know, when you hear loan dealers, Black Lives Matter or whatever, whatever the current, the current issue is when it comes to racism, I understand it all. I'm a Black woman, right? You think you understand it all, but you do internalize it even more um, when you are responsible for a child that is brought into this world and has to deal with the things that Black children and Black boys specifically have to deal with. So yeah, that's something I think about daily. And also um, a, a cause that has been very important to me for a long time is, is the safety of women and girls in domestic violence. And, you know, it's really easy to teach boys not to hit. Everybody does that. But one thing that um, has always been really important to me is to realize that it's about more than teaching boys not to hit. It's about creating an environment where they, you know, call out their friends or disrespectful to girls, the, the, the culture. And now I have an active opportunity to to contribute to that by raising a son who can contribute to changing that environment so that's really I feel very lucky biggest surprise as a new mom that you didn't really see coming probably this I'm just gonna say it probably the biggest thing specifically about being a boy mom is how how quickly they learn and appreciate the genitals I'm like yes Avery you're a boy I see it I see. Uh, yay, Avery. Isn't so, that um, funny? It's crazy. <laughs> and my cousin has boys and I told her this. And Tony's like, yep, that's about right. I, it tickles me to death. <laughs> it's very funny. My son is four and believe me, it only gets worse as we know. <laughs> Amazing. So what is next for you? You know, one of the things we talk about a mom to mom all the time is we can get lost in our identity as being a mom and a parent because it is the greatest job on the planet. Um, but we can't lose sight of ourselves and the things that that make our heart smile. So what's down the road for you? I'm not sitting on a trust fund. So at some point I will start working more. <laughs> and and I still haven't given up on the fact I may still find a great partner, get married. Um, that's always potent a possibility. But I think what I'm focused on right now, obviously, is, is being Avery's mom, but also trying to make that dovetail in a way that I can also use our story to perhaps um, help other people. So that's really where, what I'm working on right now. Well, I think you are off to a great start. Let everyone know where they can follow you and uh, follow along with you on social media and things. Well, so my Instagram is basically Avery's now, just to be clear, my friends say that I never post pictures of myself anymore, but I am on Twitter. Um, I have a website that is launching in about a week. Um, so, but everything is under my name, everything it's Rochelle. R I C H E L L E Carrie, Rochelle Carrie. So you can find me on all the socials and you will see more pictures of Avery too. <laughs> Yay, Rochelle. Thank you so much. So, so yeah. nice talking to you today. And um, congratulations. Thank you, sweetheart, very much. All right, that's a wrap for this episode of Mom to Mom, the podcast. Thank you so much for being here with us today. If you like this episode, I ask you very nicely to rate 
and review so that more and more people can use this resource of mom to mom and more and more people can hear this. And if you're in the New England area, remember you can watch Mom to Mom the TV show on Mondays at 11:30 a.m. on NBC 10 Boston. Or in the meantime, you can binge all these podcast episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, guys, that's the business from me, and I'll see you here next week on Mom to Mom. 